Welcome back to the Home Sell MMA Podcast. Sean Van Buren here for episode 35. Shout out to all the homies checking this out right now. I appreciate all of you. Today we're talking about the upcoming UFC Fight Night Lewis versus Spivak, which is a rescheduled previous main event fight from the end of 2022. Before we dive into that, it's time for the rapid recap of UFC 283, where we crowned a new light heavyweight champion and unified the men's flyweight belt. Let's go. Great first pay-per-view of the year, lots of finishes, some really excellent UFC debuts. The Brazilian crowd was a little bit disappointing. I know a lot of MMA media has already harped on this, but they were pretty disrespectful for the final fights of the night because their Brazilian fighters unfortunately didn't get their hands raised. Um, they went as far as to throw things at Brandon Moreno when he won his belt and had to run backstage afterwards. Look guys, Brandon Moreno is one of the nicest guys in the UFC. Really just happy guy, very, very friendly. So that was, you know, when that happened, I was like, okay, this is a little bit messed up. And then Glover Teixeira fighting in the main event, a legend retired to an almost empty arena as most of the fans had already left. Glover deserved better than that. That's all I'm going to talk about that because, like I said, a lot of MMA media has already covered how the Brazilian fans kind of were this past Saturday. I don't want to go any further. They're usually a great fan base, guys, so maybe just a weird night. Who knows? I know they were disappointed that a lot of their fighters lost, so I get that. We have to have a certain level of respect. This is martial arts after all. Let's go ahead and dive into the UFC Rapid Recap with Simon Oliveira versus Daniel Marcos. Fast start to the night with these two fighters bringing the energy and excitement early. Very high pace, and you knew this one was just not going to go the distance. Daniel Marcos found the finish in round two with some strong punching and kicking combos, excellent body work, and ultimately a knee to the body that ended this fight. Josiane Nunez versus Zara Farn. These women kept it going with a brawl to start the fight. Farn had not looked this sharp in a fight in the UFC really so far. She was aggressive, using her long-range strikes pretty well, but Josiane Nunez was right there, not backing down getting inside, unloading boxing combos, and Farron Farron really started to fatigue as the fight went on, and Nunez just kept gaining momentum. The longer it went, the better she kept looking. Josiane Nunez rode that momentum to a decision win in that fight. Worley Alves versus Nicholas Dalby. As mentioned in last week's episode of the podcast, neither fighter particularly excels in one field of MMA. So it was a pretty even and balanced fight, utilizing the entire MMA arsenal. Very even fighters, similar skill sets. Dalby was just a much more active striker, but he was also much less accurate to keep their landed totals for their strikes pretty close. Really a pretty great fight, excellent matchmaking, split decision win for Nicholas Dalby. I did warn you last week that this one would be very close. Ishmael Bonfim versus Terrence McKinney. Had some strong power in the octagon for this fight, which slowed the action just a bit. As these fighters were a tad more cautious, feeling each other out to start the fight. Ishmael Bonfim really looked sharp in there against a talented rising UFC prospect in McKinney. Bonfim landed some power shots that rocked McKinney in round one. McKinney had some clinch and ground control time, but I thought Ishmael won round one with striking volume and impact. Ishmael Bonfim 
kept the incredible striking and power going in round two, and he landed one of the most impressive knockouts that you will ever see in round two with a flying switch knee that landed clean to the side of the jaw of Terrence McKinney that put McKinney to sleep on his feet. Luan Lacerda versus Cody Stamen. Like I mentioned last week, Stamen was a little more tentative to wrestle against Lacerda because he knew that Lacerda wanted to fight on the ground. We got a look at Stamen's hands because of that reason, and he showed some nice boxing combos and movement. Stamen was just the more active striker in this fight. He threw combos all fight long, going to the head, going to the body. To me, Stamen was just cruising in this fight until Lacerda got two takedowns in round three and really got heavy on the ground. Cody Stamen got the unanimous decision win, which I believe went the right way, unfortunately, for our bets. Shamil Abdurakhimov versus Jailton Almeida. Heavyweights storm into the octagon and exchange a power punch each. And then Jailton Almeida does what he always does. Dove in, got a power slam takedown, and took over the fight. Jailton Almeida is just amazing on the ground. He flowed between positions. And Shamil did make him work. But Jailton made sure to flow beautifully, stay in the dominant attacking position, stay in control. Almeida would just flow on the ground, always ended up back in full mount. With some nice ground and pound, Jailton Almeida cruised to take round one. And round two was really just much of the same. Jailton Almeida got a takedown, flowed to the ground, maintained control, eventually got the back and flattened out Shamil Abdurakhimov. Jailton Almeida won by second round TKO via ground and pound after dominating yet again in this fight, just as he has done in every fight in the UFC. Gabriel Bonfim versus Munir Lazez was up after that. Excellent debut for Gabriel Bonfim. Could not have gone any better for him. They exchanged on the feet for about half a minute, but then Gabriel Bonfim caught a guillotine choke when Lazez shot in for a takedown. He pulled guard, and he got the first-round submission win. Pretty flawless victory for Gabriel Bonfim. Tiago Moises versus Melkazel Costa. I mentioned last week that I wanted to see Moises wrestle more and try to take this fight to the ground more than he typically does, and he went for some takedowns and clinch exchanges early in this one. thought the ground game and grappling could be a pathway to win for him, even though he doesn't use it a ton typically. He did get the fight to the ground in round one, flowed very well on the ground for the majority of the round. You could see that this fight went on that wrestling and the ground game were definitely part of the game plan. You could tell that as the fight went on, Thiago Moises wanted this fight to go to the ground. Costa stayed busy on the ground, definitely didn't try to accept the position, but Thiago Moises was stronger in this area of mixed martial arts. Moises got the back in round two and finished the fight via rear naked choke. Gregory Rodriguez versus Bruno Ferreiro. Robocop Gregory Rodriguez, always exciting in fights, but he was on the wrong end of this one. Bruno Ferreira threw two faint strikes and a quick short left hook that really must have just hit Rodriguez perfectly because he dropped for the first round knockout win. Wasn't a super heavy loaded up shot. I think it had just enough power behind it, but ultimately it was the accuracy of the strike that put him down. Mauricio Rua versus Ihor Potieria. The legend Mauricio Shogun Rua makes his final appearance in the octagon. 
And he came out swinging. Shogun was thrown for a knockout in the first round, and Potieria did his best to avoid the big swings from Shogun. The fairy tale ending came crashing down, though, when Potieria landed a check right hook that wobbled Shogun. And you could see it was the beginning of the end. He followed that up with a barrage of strikes to get the TKO victory as Shogun kind of covered up on the ground. Great career from Mauricio Shogun Rua. But unfortunately, time has passed him by in mixed martial arts. We wish him the best in whatever he goes into next. First round TKO for Ihor Potieria. That took us to the main event pay-per-view. First one of the year with Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker. Amazing few minutes of action. Paul Craig was just not doing enough on the feet. And he let Walker lead the dance. Walker then threw a front kick followed by a solid right hand when Paul Craig caught the leg kick, and Johnny Walker shifted into hammer fists right to the face of Paul Craig. Really, Johnny Walker just decided, we're going to go now, and he just started unloading strikes. There are perfect strikes, heavy strikes by Johnny Walker to get that quick first-round TKO victory, and he celebrated it by doing the worm on the ground in the cage. Paul Craig had to get this fight to the ground if he wanted to win. So when that leg kick came in, he grabbed it and he held on to it in hopes of finding a takedown from that position. But it really led to his demise because it kept Johnny Walker in his punching range. Apparently he has knockout power while bouncing on one leg. Because those hammer fists he was throwing down at Paul Craig's face were strong. I mean, it was really impressive finish. Great finish for Johnny Walker. Lauren Murphy versus Jessica Andrade. Guys, I love Jessica Andrade. I talked about her all last week. She's a warrior. Andrade unleashed a ton of leg kicks early to start this fight. The left hook from Jessica Andrade landed early and often as well. Murphy has so much heart, though, and she would battle hard the whole time. And if you wanted to put her away, you truly had to break her. Andrade's boxing combos were just so clean in round one. Easy 10-9 for Andrade. Maybe a 10-8, but I didn't go quite that far just because she didn't get the knockdown. A knockdown definitely would have sealed the 10-8 to me, but Jessica Andrade, the absolute beast, just kept it going for the whole fight. And in round two, just laid in with the continuous beatdown to win that round as well. Lauren Murphy's face was all bloodied up. She wasn't effectively defending herself at that point, in my opinion. We were watching a slaughter, and it just didn't stop in round three. Jessica Andrade's hands were perfect. Lauren Murphy was obliterated in this fight, and I couldn't be more excited for Jessica Andrade going forward. Somehow we did go to the judges and saw Jessica Andrade very obviously win a unanimous decision quite significantly on the judges' scorecards. At certain points of the fight, the announcers were calling for Murphy's team to throw in the towel. Probably would have been a good idea in this one to save your fighter for another day. She took a ton of significant strikes. Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. This, to me, was a pretty exciting fight. These fighters were patient to start this fight, but then Burns got the takedown in round one, and that's just his world on the ground. Gilbert Burns had heavy top pressure while he worked to try to get in the full mount. Once he got there, Gilbert Burns spent no time working for a submission, and he locked in the arm triangle for the first round sub. Pretty excellent win for Burns. He puts himself right back into the title contention conversation, and he's really just a fun fighter to watch. Divison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno for the flyweight title unification. Very different fight than we saw in the previous trilogy, 
as Moreno immediately went for takedowns. Very patient start to this fight, which I think was to be expected because both fighters have spent so much time in the octagon together. Wrestling was much more of the plan for Brandon Moreno than we've seen before, and that was a nice little wrinkle to introduce to what was a fourth fight. We've seen these guys fight three times before, so it's kind of nice seeing a new change to what we had previously seen. I get Brandon Moreno round one. Round two started with Figgy catching a kick and ending up on top on the ground. These fighters had really let the hands go in the previous fights, but this one was noticeably different with many more dynamics of mixed martial arts. The grappling exchanges were pretty wild in this fight. The takedowns, reversals, submission attempts. Wonderful action and scrambles as we expected. We, we expected great action regardless of where this fight took place, and that's what we got. Round two was much closer than round one, but Brandon Moreno had more top position and just a little bit more control. So for me, I had him up 20-18 to 18 on my card. Miranda landed a massive punch to the eye of Figgy, and it clearly bothered the champion and got him bleeding very close to that right eye, possibly inside that right eye. It looked like Davison couldn't even open it during round three when that shot landed. Moreno won round three big time. I gave him a 10-8 in that round, and the doctor came in after the third round and confirmed that Figueredo could not see out of that right eye to get the doctor stoppage. TKO win. Brandon Moreno is the flyweight champion via third round Dr. Stoppage. That took us to the final main event, Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill to finally have a light heavyweight champion. Hill definitely emphasized stopping takedowns to start this championship fight. Hill looked sharp with his striking early in this fight. He's always had sharp striking, and Teixeira wanted this fight on the ground. But Jamal Hill was keeping it standing and staying more active with his striking. Jamal Hill, round one for me. He landed a big-time head kick to start round two that had Teixeira visibly wobbled. Teixeira was able to recover, but not without taking some shots from Hill. Glover then flipped the script, landed some power shots of his own that seemed to do some damage to Hill as well, and then got the takedown in round two. Jamal Hill... Maybe if you could say finally, he said he's always had the skill, and I do believe him, showed his jiu-jitsu skills as well by working to his feet against Glover Teixeira, who's phenomenal jiu-jitsu. Very close and exciting second round. I gave that one to Glover, but it was really close, and Hill arguably had the more damaging impact, so that could definitely go either way. Glover needed takedowns, and Jamal Hill really just didn't let that happen as the fight went on. In round three, Hill landed another head kick that wobbled Teixeira again. Glover went to the ground and Jamal Hill went into ground and pound mode until Hill let Glover back up to his feet. Jamal Hill easily won round three with excellent striking, particularly that southpaw rear leg kick. Glover had a massive cut on his right eyebrow entering the fourth round, and Glover Teixeira really faded starting in round four. Jamal Hill was just striking the will to fight out of Glover, but man, does Glover just keep trying and keep fighting. Jamal Hill just started unloading clinch strikes and knees, trying to stop this fight. Somehow we saw the end of the fourth round with another round win for Jamal Hill. Another one that I thought could have possibly been a 10-8, which is what I actually gave it to Jamal Hill. Round five took the excitement back up just a notch. As Glover started the round with a takedown, he knew he had to finish the fight in that round to win if he wanted a chance. That's where he wanted the fight to be the whole time. Glover passed the half guard to full mount. But Jamal Hill, again, very good on the ground. 
He slipped out the back, got a takedown of his own. Jamal Hill showed that he grapples very well, even though we had not seen it yet. He's always said that he had that grappling. Very impressive win for Jamal Hill as he won the light heavyweight championship belt via unanimous decision by putting on a clinic in his first shot at the belt. After this fight, Glover Teixeira did retire from the UFC for mixed martial arts. Really another incredible career here coming to an end. Glover Teixeira, excellent fighter. North of 40 now. I think it's a good time to walk away. Um, recently a champion as of just a few years ago. So great career, Glover Teixeira. We wish you best of luck as well in whatever you do next. Seems like he's going to be stepping more into a coaching role going forward, which I think he could be excellent with. That wraps up our rapid recap. Let's take a look at our bets. Taking a look at our bets, starting with the UFC early prelim matchups, Simon Oliveira versus Daniel Marcos. This was a no bet for the podcast. I told you we were leaning Daniel Marcos' money line. That would have been a win. Josiane Nunes versus Zara Farn. I knew Josiane Nunes was going to win. It was too large of a bet. I told you I wanted to see some alternate lines. I didn't love any of them. Um, Josiane Nunes did win the fight, but that was another no bet for the podcast. Worley Alves versus Nicholas Dalby was a no bet, leaning Nicholas Dalby Moneyline, which was the win. Ismail Bonfim versus Terrence McKinney. We had Terrence McKinney Moneyline minus 132 for the loss. Luan Lacerda versus Cody Stamen. We had Luan Lacerda Moneyline plus 280 for the loss. And Shamil Abderakhamov versus Jailton Almeida. We had Jailton Almeida by finish, minus 500. So that was a going back for more two-unit bet win. Our UFC prelim matchups. Gabriel Bonfim versus Monir Lazez. Fight to not go the distance at minus 200 was a win. Dago Moises versus Melkazel Costa. This is a no bet for us. I actually thought Melkazel Costa had a good chance in this one. And he fought decently while it lasted. Um, so that would have been a loss, so I'm glad we left it alone. Gregory Rodriguez versus Bruno Ferreira. This one hurt. I'm just a fan of the guy. Gregory Rodriguez by finish at minus 165 was a loss. Big underdog win for Bruno Ferreira. Mauricio Rua versus Ihor Potieria. We had Ihor Potieria money line minus 225 for the win. For the UFC main card pay-per-view, Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker. We had Paul Craig money line plus 155 for the loss. I've not done well with Paul Craig fights. Uh, I don't know what it is. I just think it's tough because the guy gets to the ground, he can get the win. If he doesn't get you to the ground, he usually loses pretty bad. So I don't know what I'll do with him going forward, but that was a loss this past Saturday. Lauren Murphy versus Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade, money line minus 500. I told y'all she would win. This was a going back for more two-unit bet win. Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. I, I said it was likely Gilbert Burns would win. I also am just kind of a fan of Neil Magny, so I was hoping he would make it interesting. So I did fight to go the distance at plus 100. Kind of liked that that was juiced odds as an underdog bet. Didn't matter. Gilbert Burns got it done. Uh, and he So that was a loss for us. Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Over three and a half rounds was a minus 205 going back for more two-unit bets. So that was a bummer that it was a loss with the fight ending after the third round. We were just a half round away from cashing that one. And Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. We had Glover Teixeira, Moneyline plus 115 as a loss. As I mentioned to you on the podcast last week, I was really just kind of hoping he would retire on top. Um... Really impressive win, though, for Jamal Hill. He proved why he was the favorite in this fight. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, great fight for him. For the UFC, we were down six and a quarter units. We went four and seven. But a tough start to our 2023 year, guys. I don't know what's going on. I don't love a lot of the fights this upcoming Saturday, too. But hey, we're going to try to bounce back. We had two home style perfect plate parlays for this past Saturday. Because um, I thought I loved these fights. And I did love them in hindsight. But from betting, we didn't do that well. Our first one was Terrence McKinney money line. So you already know we got this loss. Jilton Almeida money line, which hit. And Rodriguez versus Ferreira to not go the distance, which hit for plus 124. We lost because of the first leg of the parlay. But our second home saw perfect plate parlay did hit. Ihor Putiera money line, yes. Jessica Andrade money line, yes. And Figueredo versus Moreno over two and a half rounds. I was able to walk it down a round to still get plus 131. And that did hit for the win. So we did cover and make a little bit on our parlays by themselves. That wraps up our bets. Let's take a look at Verdict and give out some podcast awards. I mean, hey guys, something's got to change. We're struggling to start our 2023 year with Verdict. Another weekend without a medal after a tough main card for the podcast predictions. We picked three of the five fight winners correctly but did not get the method of victory correct for any of those fights. Something's got to change, guys. We're, we're struggling a little bit here, but I'm going to keep doing my analysis, keep letting you know what I think will happen, and we'll see. For the Homestyle MMA Podcast Awards, we have the Smooth Buttery Biscuits UFC Early Prelims Performance of the Night. That is going to Ismail Bonfim for the Beautiful Flying Knee Knockout. Obviously, special consideration to Jilton Almeida for his flawless victory. But he was also a massive favorite. This result uh, was a little bit more surprising. It was a nice finish. So we're going with Ismail Bonfim. Our mac and cheese UFC prelims performance of the night. We have Bruno Ferreira. He knocked out the most talented fighter on the prelim lineup in my opinion. You could argue Gregory Rodriguez. I do like him a lot. But Terrence McKinney was highly hyped up as a fighter. Getting that knockout as an underdog. Very impressive. And our chicken and dumplings UFC main card performance of the night. Usually we do finishers, but man, Jessica Andrade. While she didn't get the finish, everyone watching this fight was begging Lauren Murphy's coaches to throw in the towel. Two judges actually gave Andrade 30 to 25 scorecards, which I don't know if I've ever seen two of those before. Very lopsided fight. I mean, that's a 10-8, a 10-8, and a 10-9. I mean, that is significant destruction of your opponent. So we gave it to our girl Jessica Andrade. That wraps up our entire review of this past Saturday. It's time to look forward to this upcoming Saturday and what's going to be a pretty late night. So I told all of you that it's going to be a really late night for us on the East Coast. The UFC prelims for this Saturday, UFC Fight Night Lewis versus Spivak. Starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. That is the prelims. Oof. Uh, Dana, I know we have a lot of international fighters on this card. I guess he's really going hard after that audience. This is just late. This is really late for the East Coast. But regardless, starts us off with Tatsura Tyra versus Jesus Aguilar. Guys, I'm going to do my best with some of these names as well. We have a lot of debuts occurring here, so I haven't heard the names before. But, uh... Three inches taller and eight inches in reach advantage for the undefeated Tatsuro Taira. 
He's 2-0 in the UFC with three knockouts and six submissions in his 12 pro wins. Aguiar is making his UFC debut after winning by submission on Dana White's Contender Series in his last time out. Aguilar has finished six of his eight wins by submission as well. So needless to say, it seems that this fight is just going to hit the mats. Both guys like to fight with submissions. Both fighters are very aggressive with their wrestling as well. So that's going to force the issue to the ground. That can really lead to one of two things. Uh, it'll lead to either a sneaky submission, that'll be very impressive, or these guys might both be so skilled, having the same strength, that we could just see a stalemate on the ground as their skills cancel each other out. These odds are way too far apart in my opinion, but I do think Tatsuya Tyra will get the win. John Young Park versus Denise Tialululin. Dennis is 3 inches taller, and he has 4 inches in reach advantage. Different fight styles here, Dennis does not ha- fight well on the ground. With a 9-1 knockout record, but 0-3 by submission. He's 1-1 in the UFC with his win by knockout and his loss by submission. Dennis was able to stuff the takedowns of his opponent in his last fight, however. So maybe he's had a little bit of growth there. Maybe tough to tell. Jun Young Park is 5-2 in the UFC. Two straight wins in his last one by submission. But Park isn't really a prolific finisher. Most of his pro wins go to a decision. He's often also in very close fights. This is just another tough fight because I could see Dennis Tuliulian winning this fight by knockout, but also Jun Young Park winning by decision and maybe a far off possibility by submission. I think Dennis will have the power striking advantage, so Jun Young Park will have to strike efficiently and then get this fight to the ground to get this win. Ji Young Kim versus Mandy Bohm. Kim is fighting for her job in this fight. She's lost four straight fights by decision in the UFC. In her defense, when you look back at some of those, I think three of them were definitely really close. And I actually thought that she won the Cachoeira fight. Mandy Bohm's in a similar boat fighting for her job. She's 0-2 in the UFC. And she was really absolutely picked apart in her first fight in the striking and then wrestled to a loss in her second fight. Neither fighter has landed a takedown in the UFC yet, so this will likely be a stand-up battle. So because of that, I do lean Ji Young Kim in this striking fight because she has shown the ability to at least output tremendous striking volume. Our next fight is Sengguk Choi versus Hyun Sung Park. UFC debuts for both of these fighters who fought on road to the UFC during 2022. Choi won both of his fights via decision, and Park won both of his fights by finish. This is actually the flyweight title fight for that tournament. Hyunsung Park has three knockouts and three submissions in his undefeated seven pro fights. According to ESPN, Park averaged about 4.28 takedowns and 4.7 significant strikes landed per minute, compared to 1.5 and 2.63 for Choi. This is really one where we're just playing the numbers here since we don't know much about these fighters, and we're going with Hyunsung Park. Toshiomi Kazama versus Renya Nakamura. Here we go again. Two UFC debuts. Kazama won, or I should say uh, Toshiomi Kazama. The last names are actually a little bit close. So Toshiomi Kazama won his road to UFC fight last year by decision, while Renya Nakamura won both of his road to the UFC fights, one by submission and the other by knockout. This is the bantamweight title fight from that tournament. Rinya Nakamura has four knockouts and one submission in his 6-0 undefeated record. Tons of takedowns and strikes for Rinya during those two fights. 
also sends us into this kind of numbers play. The only concern I have here is that Toshiomi Kazama is 5-0 by submission. So Rinya Nakamura may want to be careful on the ground. I think Rinya Nakamura gets the win, but this fight ends by finish either way. Zhang Yong Li versus Yi Jia. Li has three inch advantages in reach and height. Two more UFC debuts from Road to UFC with our title fight from that tournament at Featherweight. I think for, this, for the Road to the UFC series, this is the best matchup from that series. Lee is 4-0 by knockout, 4-0 by submission, 11-1 overall. Yi Jia has a lot of experience with 6-1 by knockout, 10-1 by submission, 21-3 overall. So these are two of the more experienced fighters going head-to-head. Both fighters won two fights on road to the UFC. I'm staying away from this one because I think this is a very close fight. I think it can go either way. I'm leaning Yi Jia because of his experience with 24 total fights. But this is one that I think will just be very close and very good. Our final prelim fight is Jekka Saragi versus Anshul Jubli. Final road to UFC title fight coming in with the lightweight division. Jekka won both of his fights by knockout and has finished 12 of his 13 pro wins. Jubli won his fight by split decision on road to UFC. We're just kind of playing numbers games here, guys. I, I don't have much to report on with these fighters. Uh, with only six pro fights for Anshul Jubli, we are going with the fighter with more experience. Jekka Saragi, I think maybe to get the finish here with 12 of his 13 pro wins coming by finish. That wraps up our UFC prelims. Let's take a look at the UFC main card. This is where the night gets really late. The UFC main card is starting. At 1 a.m., technically Sunday morning on Eastern Standard Time. Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern for the prelims, 1 a.m. Sunday morning, technically, for the main card. Starts us off with Yusaka Kinoshita versus Adam Fugit. Adam will have a 6-inch reach advantage for this fight. Adam Fugit had a great fight in his UFC debut against the undefeated Michael Morales. Yusaka won his Dana White's Contender Series fight last time out by third round knockout. I think this will be a pretty exciting fight, and the wrestling of Adam Fugit may make the difference in this one. I think he strikes pretty well, and he could mix in wrestling to try to get this fight truly into mixed martial arts instead of a kickboxing battle against Kinoshita. I like the underdog Adam Fugit here probably by decision. Doho Choi versus Kyle Nelson follows that with Choi fighting for his job here. Three straight UFC losses, the last two by knockout. That's a tough look when you yourself are a striker like Doho Choi. What he does best is striking, and his last two fights he's lost by strikes. Uh, Choi also hasn't fought since December of 2021, and only twice. Since January 2018, that is a long time away from the cage. Kyle Nelson is also fighting for his job with a 1-4 UFC record and two straight losses. This fight's got to be gross. I'm just going to call it what it is. Someone's getting finished, I would think, but these fighters need a win to stay on the roster. Uh, So this is just going to be an ugly fight. I guess if I had to pick, I would go Kyle Nelson. 
But really, I'm just going to stay away from this one and just cheer for someone to get finished. Marcin Tybura versus Blagoy Ivanov. Back to the heavyweights. Got some big boys here. Someone's going to sleep. Tybura's four inches taller and five inches longer in reach. He won his last fight by majority decision against the previously undefeated Alexander Romanov. Tybura won six of his last seven. I don't think Blagoy Ivanov has much of a shot in this one. I hate to say it. Uh, he won his last fight to end a three-fight skid, but he's kind of a volume striker in the heavyweight division. That doesn't work that well, in my opinion, long-term, because everyone else you're going up against has that one-punch knockout power. Ivanov has done that before, too, but it's not usually his style. Ivanov will need to try to control Tybura in the clinch in order to gain an advantage, get this fight kind of ugly, fight in a phone booth, keep it tight against the cage. And I think Marcin Tybura will just be aware of this. I think Marcin Tybura gives Blago Ivanov a first-round knockout loss. Our co-main event finds Daun Jong versus Devin Clark. Jung's four inches taller. He's a three and a half inch reach advantage. He lost his last fight to end a 15 fight streak without losing. <laughs> he had a draw in there. Uh, he basically won all the other fights though. So impressive streak that just came to an end. He has 11 knockouts for this hard hitting striker. And that is where this fight gets interesting. Devin Clark needs to wrestle to win. And it will come down to if Devin Clark can get the takedowns necessary to win. Because otherwise, I think he goes to sleep. I think Dai Jung will knock him out. So this is high pressure to get those takedowns. Clark lost his last fight, and he's 1-3 in, in his last four. He's fought some decently strong UFC competition. So this is a step up in competition for Dai Jung. Ultimately, I think Dai Jung gets back to his winning ways with another knockout win. That wraps up our main card fights. Let's take a look at our main event. Main event, Lewis versus Spivak. You could go back a couple episodes and hear this analysis again, pretty much. I've changed a few things, but... We broke this fight down once before, and it fell apart on a Friday towards the end of 2022 uh, when Derek Lewis, I believe, either got sick or injured, I don't recall. But this was one of the fights that was a last-minute change to end the year. So, here we are again. Derek Lewis versus Sergei Spivak. I always love a heavyweight main event, and these giants are similar in size, so no one has an advantage there. Number 7 ranked Derek Lewis is the UFC knockout king with the most knockouts in UFC history. He's taking on the surging number 12 ranked Sergei Spivak. These fighters are at a bit of a crossroads. Spivak won his last two fights by knockout and five of his last six. Lewis has lost his last two by knockout and has only won one fight in his last four since fighting for their interim heavyweight championship. All three of those losses were by knockout. I think this fight will either be pretty boring or end in under three rounds. Derek Lewis struggles with wrestlers, and Spivak averages over four takedowns per fight. That typically has made Lewis a little gun-shy in these matchups, and he just tries to time a knockout. And hey, it's worked before in the past, so I don't blame him for that. Derek Lewis will either catch Spivak with a knockout, or Spivak will wrestle Lewis down, and I think finish him on the ground by either knockout or submission. 
Speedvolk has too many ways to win this fight, and I just think he gets it done here. Speedvolk can win by ground and pound, he can win by submission, or I think with his wrestling and control ability on the ground, he could just win by decision and just wear down Lewis. I think Lewis only wins with a knockout, and don't get me wrong, knockout king, that could absolutely happen. But I think Spivak gets it done here, and I think he gets the finish in rounds two or three after wrestling heavy early in this fight, getting another takedown to lead to the finish. One thing I do want to add as well, there's some footage of Derek Lewis running that's made its way around social media recently. If it's true and recent, it looks like he could be in great shape. It looks like he's lost some weight. And if we see a faster Derek Lewis, that could be a scary proposition and a scary fighter to face in this heavyweight division. That wraps up our analysis for Saturday. Let's take a look at our bets. As we take a look at our bets, as always, please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call your state's hotline. All right, guys, we have some lines available, some alternate lines not yet available, so make sure you check out the social media pages of the podcast to see what we grab some of these alternate lines I'm going to mention, see what they come out to be, and what we roll with on Saturday. Starting off with the prelims, Tatsuro Taira versus Jesus Aguilar. This is a no bet for the podcast. I'd lean Tatsuro Taira money line. Uh, We're just going to leave it alone. Jung Young Park versus Dennis Tuliulin. I think I added an extra one in there. The guy's last name is brutal. Um, I like over one and a half rounds or Jung Young Park money line. Over one and a half rounds, not out yet, so we're going to hold on that one. Ji Young Kim versus Mandy Bohm. We went with Ji Young Kim money line minus 300. Seng Juk Choi versus Hyun Sung Park. We went with Hyun Sung Park money line minus 195. And Toshiomi Kazama versus Rinya Nakamura. Fight to not go the distance or Rinya Nakamura money line. We'll be taking one of those once they're both available. Zhang Young Lee versus Yi Jia. This is a no bet for the podcast. I'd lean money line Yi Jia. And Jekka Saragi versus Anshul Jubilee. I like Jekka Saragi money line plus 100 as a dog. Taking us to our UFC main card matchups. Yusaka Kinoshita versus Adam Fugit. I hope I'm right that the wrestling of Adam will make the difference here because we're rolling with him as a plus 220 underdog for the Adam Fugit money line. That would be really nice to hit. Duho Choi versus Kyle Nelson. We're going to go fight to not go the distance once available. Marcin Tybura versus Blagoy Ivanov. We went with Marcin Tybura money line minus 175. If you want to get that at an even nicer number, I would take him to win by knockout. I think that's most likely. Daun Jung versus Devin Clark. We're going Daun Jung money line minus 250. That's one where I wish it was a little bit closer. Um, I do think Daun Jung wins, but I was really hoping it'd be under minus 200, like a minus 170 is what it is. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. I want Sergey Spivak by finish, so we're going to wait to see what that is. If you want to just take Sergey Spivak money line straight up, go ahead and do so. But I think. If the fight gets late in the fourth or fifth round, Sergei Spivak will still have the gas tank to push the pressure. I just think he'll get the finish. For the Homes Off Perfect Plate Parlay, we're going with Marcin Tybura money line, Daun Jung money line, and Sergei Spivak money line for plus 217. So we're going to ride it out. Those last three fights for the parlay, 
They're probably going to happen at like 3 a.m., which is just brutal. Maybe starting at 2.30. Uh, it is what it is, you know. Um, we got late East Coast fights tonight. But those are our bets. As always, guys, please bet responsibly. But let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast. As always, please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call your state's hotline. I'll be posting my alternate line bets that we're still waiting on and my verdict scorecard predictions prior to the events on social media for the podcast. Please go follow at the Homestyle MMA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and at Homestyle MMA Pod on Twitter. Check out the Homestyle MMA Podcast.podbean.com for additional information about the podcast. We're growing pretty well on social. If you guys disagree with any of these picks, disagree on anything I post, feel free to let me know. I'd love to see which one of us is right or wrong. On Verdict, they're doing Fantasy League tournaments right now. If you want to go head-to-head with me in the Verdict app, it is free. You can join the Homestyle MMA Podcast's Verdict page, and uh, we can go head-to-head with our picks so you can back up your words. I'd be happy to, to get involved with you guys on there. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, and review. Next week. We will do a rapid recap from this card, and we will be previewing UFC 284, Makachev versus Volkanovski for the lightweight title. Should be a great fight. We have the featherweight champ, Alexander Volkanovski, pound for pound number one in the world, against the newly crowned lightweight champion, Islam Makachev. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Till next time, this was Sean Van Buren on the Homestyle MMA Podcast. Y'all have a good one.